The Senate Judiciary Committee last week held a hearing around the Ticketmaster Taylor Swift fiasco, trying to determine whether Ticketmaster truly is a monopoly. I watched the entire three-hour hearing so that you don't have to, and we're going to dissect the technology aspects of the hearing in this episode, and I promise I won't use any Taylor Swift lyrics, unlike the senators. Welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. As you may remember, in November, the Taylor Swift concert tickets went on sale for her new tour. She hasn't toured in about three or four years. There was a huge onslaught of uh, fans that were trying to get tickets. Ticketmaster, who was responsible for the ticket sales, said that they had verified fans so that they knew that the people that were trying to get tickets were real, t- were real people and not bots. However, the you know, anybody that was trying to get tickets, it was a fiasco. People were buying tickets. They were getting eliminated from their shopping carts. You had people that were using five or six different accounts trying to get tickets, and it all ended up in a disaster. Uh, in fact, Ticketmaster canceled a lot of the public sales afterwards because this was even the pre-sale. Uh, anyway, so the Senate got involved. A lot of senators that have kids uh, were complaining about it. And so last week, the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, held a hearing with some people from Ticketmaster and a whole bunch of other people just to determine whether they truly are a monopoly and some of the, the you know, issues behind it. I got interested because I was always interested in this whole bots angle of it. The Ticketmaster people blamed the bots. Uh, they said it was their fault. It wasn't, it wasn't Ticketmaster's fault. It was the bots. It was all these evil scalper bots that were doing this thing. Um, I had my doubts. I, I think that they really underestimated the load, and I, I probably, they probably didn't do enough load balancing and testing. However, last week, you know, the Senate was talking about it. So uh, we're going to go through the, the three-hour clips just to find out where they were talking about bots and just sort of give our opinions on, on some of the testimony. Um, so it was the, the lineup was a lot of people, but it was only one guy, uh, Joe Berktold, the president of Ticketmaster's parent company, Live Nation Entertainment. Uh, you also heard from Jack Grotzinger. He's the CEO of SeatGeek, uh, which is a competitor in the secondary ticket, ticketing market. Uh, Jerry Michelson, who is a promoter, and so he offered his uh, opinions from the promoter angle. Sal Nuzzo, a senior vice president at the James Madison Institute. That's their policy think tank around antitrust and types of those issues. Kathleen Bradish, she's uh, an antitrust lawyer and advocate f- at the American Antitrust Institute. And then they had a, a, an artist. They had Clyde Lawrence, who is a musician and songwriter. And the funny part was, was the senators were just fawning over this guy, Clyde, uh, more so than a lot of the other people that were testimony, uh, to, that were testifying. All right, so my goal in this is to find out how much they talked about bots in the hearing and whether they were going to blame them for the fiasco. So we're going to skip a bunch of the introductions and speeches from the senators because many of them used Taylor Swift lyrics as part of their speeches, and it was kind of cringy, and it was like watching your grandma trying to be one of the the cool kids. Uh, So let's jump ahead to the opening statement from Joe Berktold, the Ticketmaster Emperor. Since our 2010 merger with Ticketmaster, we have invested over $1 billion in capital to improve the Ticketmaster system. Much of this was on technologies to eliminate fraud and to get tickets to fans instead of ticket scalpers using bots, a prime example of which is our verified fan service. Today's Ticketmaster is best in class in conducting large on sales, marketing concerts, preventing frauds, and getting tickets into the hands of real fans. Okay, so when he talks about how much money they spent over the last 12 years, he, he uses the $1 billion terms. And, and it sounds like a lot, because obviously a billion dollars is a lot of money. But when you, when you sparse it out over 12 years, it's, it's like $100 million a year. And that is not a lot of money spent when you talk about salaries and all that other stuff when, in terms of fighting uh, the bots. So 
What's interesting, too, is that even before that, he also mentioned how much money they're spending on artists and all this other stuff that was a lot more than a billion dollars. So my takeaway from that was that, you know, he, he makes it sound like a billion dollars is a lot of money, but when you compare it to all the other money that they're spending and, and, and making, a uh, billion dollars is not that much. So let's, let's go on to the next part where he talks about some of the problems in the ticketing industry and an explanation of what happened with the Taylor Swift uh, incident. There are problems in the ticketing industry, problems we believe can and should be addressed through legislation. Many are the direct result of industrial scale ticket scalping that goes on today. A $5 billion industry in concerts alone in the United States, fueled by practices that run counter to the interests of artists and their fans. The recent on-sale experience with Taylor Swift, one of the world's most popular artists, has highlighted the need to address these, ur these issues urgently. We knew bots would attack that on sale and planned accordingly. We were then hit with three times the amount of bot traffic that we'd ever experienced. And for the first time in 400 verified fan on sales, they came after our verified fan pass password servers as well. While the bots failed to penetrate our systems or acquire any tickets, the attack requires to slow down and even pause our sales. This is what led to a terrible consumer experience. All right, so he, he admits it right there that he blame, he's blaming the bots. He's basically saying that uh, they experienced three times the amount of traffic. They actually said that they were expecting bots, but apparently three times the amount of traffic was, is, was not planned for. Um, and again, my argument would be, you know how popular this, this, this artist is. You should be able to plan for three times the amount of traffic. Um, so I, I don't believe that excuse, uh, you know, maybe other people do, maybe people that aren't as familiar with technology do. Um, it's nice that they've acknowledged it and they, it's nice that he apologized, but you know, it's still kind of weak when you're talking about blaming the bots. Uh, so the next clip, he's actually going to talk more about kind of blaming the bots and then offering up the Ticketmaster solutions, uh, which involve sort of more legislation, um, increase the enforcement of, of, of this, of, of going after the bots, uh, enact prohibition of some fraudulent ticket practices, which includes offering up tickets for pre-sale before they even go on sale. Uh, that was an interesting kind of aspect of this. And then mandate all-in pricing so that kind of fans know how much they're going to be paying instead of going through six screens and then finding all of these additional tacked-on fees at the end. So here's his uh, explanation. Against bots in our industry. It's an ever-escalating arms race. But in this forum where we're here to discuss public policy, we also need to recognize how industrial scalpers using bots and cyber attacks to unfairly gain tickets has contributed to this awful experience. There are many things we can and should accomplish together. We should enlarge the scope of the Bots Act and increase enforcement. We should enact categorical prohibitions on fraudulent ticket practices, including deceptive URLs and offering for sale tickets before they're on sale in the primary. We should mandate all-in pricing so that fans see the full cost of their tickets from the start. We share your goal of making live entertainment industry better for artists, teams, and fans alike, and it's in that spirit that I sit before you today to work with you to make the fan experience better. I look forward to answering your questions. Okay, so he, he uses the phrase uh, ever-escalating arms race, which we've heard before, that it's always a fight between the good guys and the bad guys, or in the second master case, the bad guys and the bad guys. So it's an, it's an ever-escalating arms race. He uses the phrase 
industrial scalping operations. He's acknowledging that these are not just, it's not just some guy in a basement who's trying to get tickets, um, that these are organized uh, criminal groups or, or organized groups that are trying to get these tickets to, to then resell on the secondary market at outrageous prices. And we've seen this beyond ticketing. We've seen this with the PS4. We've seen this with sneakers. We've seen this with graphics cards. This is the way of the, you know, if you have a hot item that everybody wants and that you have a limited supply, it's called supply and demand. And that's why the prices go up. Okay, so we're going to jump ahead. That was just his, in his opening statements. We're going to jump ahead now to another opening statement or a couple of other opening statements. This one is from Jerry Michelson, uh, who actually gave a really cool quote about the, his response of uh, blaming the bots. Mr. Berktold defended his market position in one element, saying it was a battle of the bots. Have you run into that phenomenon? They, a ticketing companies, one of the things they're supposed to do is have solutions to bots. Um, and for the leading ticket company not to be able to um, be able to handle bots is, for me, um, pretty an, un an unbelievable statement. Um, uh, but I, 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 you can't blame bots for what happened to Taylor Swift. It, there's more to that story that you're not hearing. All right, so this was actually a question that uh, Jerry Michelson was answering from one of the senators. And um, I like this guy because he was basically saying what I think all of us were thinking was that, hey, you're the world's largest ticketing operation. If you're supposed to have the solutions to bots and for them to basically say, well, it's the bots fault. It's this arms race. We can't keep up. Uh, it, it feels like they're giving up. And so... You know, he does say that there's more to that story that you're not hearing, and he never really got into it, but I would have loved to hear his opinion on, on, on that as well. So uh, maybe I'll reach out to him and see, see if he can tell more of that story. All right, so next we have uh, another response to uh, the Ticketmaster solutions, which were the increase enforcement, uh, all-in pricing, and some of the stuff. So Kathleen Bradish, who is an antitrust lawyer, uh, offered her response to those suggestions on, uh, from Ticketmaster. Three things he thinks need to be done, which included all-in pricing on the tickets, uh, fighting deceptive URLs, as an example, uh, and creating a civil action under the BOTS Act. Uh, any reaction from you to those suggestions? Well, none of those suggestions go to the core of what we've been talking about today, which is the antitrust problem, the fact that Live Nation Ticketmaster, because of its market power, has the incentive to do things to exclude competition in all of its markets, up and down the supply chain for live entertainment. So I appreciate those suggestions. Many of them may be good ideas, but it does not change the fact that Live Nation Ticketmaster is a monopoly and will act because it's, that's its incentive to exclude competition. Okay, so when we're talking about Ticketmaster and its response to the bots, you sort of have to assume that Ticketmaster is a monopoly because a lot of the arguments that I'm going to make in terms of the fa their failure to innovate was, was because they were a monopoly. And when you're a monopoly, you don't necessarily have to innovate because you've got no competition. You can do whatever you want. So the reason that I wanted to bring up the, the response that this is all about whether or not they're a monopoly, because there are some people that, that think that that they're not a monopoly. Ticketmaster will say that they've got competition in the secondary market, but you know, in the primary market, they obviously don't have a lot of competition. Uh, but it's it's more about that failure to innovate. And a lot of other uh, you know people that were testifying do, do bring that up later. But but I do want to let people understand that 
you can't have these arguments about failure to respond if you don't also acknowledge that it, Ticketmaster probably is a monopoly in this case. All right, so next up we've got uh, uh, Phil Michelson again talking about why it's so hard for consumers to get tickets, um, who benefits, uh, and, and actually he, he really just launches a zinger at, at Ticketmaster here. Mr. Mickelson, um, why is it so hard for the average consumer to get access to tickets and who benefits from less consumer access? Is it not the artist, I assume? That's a good question, Senator. Um, let's take the Taylor Swift um, uh, fiasco as an example. The fans had to sign up through verified fan to be able to even buy a ticket. Uh, Ticketmaster knew that the demand was enormous, uh, bigger, larger than most any other show. And um, when they set the tickets up for sale, um, there's two ways you can do that. You can set the tickets so that they are best available, which means that you'll sell more tickets because the fans don't have a choice, or you can do pick a seat where it slows the process down. The process, when it's slowed down, increases the money that Ticketmaster makes because they make money on fees, and as the ticket prices go up due to dynamically priced tickets, Ticketmaster makes more to that. So it's to their advantage to slow the process down and to do pick a seat so that it created the frenzy that drove the prices up, which again, they're getting, Ticketmaster's getting a percentage of that fee. And the higher the ticket price, the higher the fee. So I think that it was driven by his, uh, the, the corporate bottom line in the Taylor Swift fiasco, Ticketmaster's bottom line. Okay, so there's a little bit of a tinfoil hat thing going on here where he's basically saying that maybe Ticketmaster uh, did this on purpose to slow down the, the pricing because of dynamic pricing. Uh, dynamic pricing is one of those things where there's, if there's so much demand for something that you're allowed to sort of increase the price as the demand is so high. Like if I wanted to sell this, this you know, uh, mug of soda for... Uh, $5, but then five people once said, I'll pay you 10 and I'll pay you 15 and the price goes up. It's almost like an auction. Um, but he's saying that if you slow down the ticket process that the prices then will go up and then they'll get a higher percentage uh, because of the fees. It's a little bit of a kind of a conspiracy theory here. I'm not, gonna, I'm not willing to go that far, uh, but it is interesting in terms of him describing whether they could do best available and, and seat, you know, pick by seat. A lot of, whenever I go to a show, I, I love the pick a seat option only because um, there are sometimes I don't want to sit in certain areas. And you know that, that you know, the farther away you are from the stage, the less expensive a, a ticket's going to be. So um, I think that's more of a consumer thing where you're offering the consumer more choices, not necessarily because I'm going to make more money if I, if I slow out the process. Um, but it, it was interesting uh, regardless. All right, now next up is one of my favorite senators on this, um, this panel. This is Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. And she starts bringing up uh, issues around uh, the FTC, uh, which uh, can enforce uh, attacks by bots. You can, you can go after the bots. There was an act that was passed. Uh, it was called the Bots Act. And uh, she starts bringing this up because this becomes important later. We talked yesterday about the bots and how they impact Ticketmaster's operations. And you have blamed bot attacks on causing the the crash during the Taylor Swift ticket sales and 
ticket vendors seem to view bot attacks as normal to their operations. And <clears throat> Chair Durbin had mentioned, and of course we all know the BOTS Act is something when I was in the House that got passed, signed into law. Senator Schumer uh, had carried that over in the Senate. The FTC has only enforced this once. And they've had the authority to do this since 2016. So this is an unacceptable situation. Uh, Senator Blumenthal and I are going to do some more work on this at Commerce, at the Commerce Committee, at the Consumer Protection Subcommittee. All right, so, so next, uh, Blackburn then asks about uh, some of these bot attacks, and she, she uses a stat here about uh, that they were, Ticketmaster can block about 90% of bot attacks, uh, which sounds like it's, a, it's a, a big deal, but in her mind, it's, it's a failure. Let's take the Orange Bowl Act app which I downloaded last month, taking my grandsons to the Orange Bowl. Go Vols, uh, a big win there. That app is powered by Ticketmaster. Now, when you use that app, you can purchase parking, official merchandise, access travel sites. So you are getting a lot of consumer data and consumer information. So I want to know what are you doing with that data? Now you told me yesterday you block about 90% of the bot attacks that you get, but that's a failing grade. And we know that because, and there ought to be people you can get some good advice from because our critical infrastructure in this country, whether it is utilities, electric, water, power, banking services, credit card processors, payment processors, healthcare companies, you know what? They get bot attacks every single day by the thousands. By the thousands. And they have figured it out, but you guys haven't. This is unbelievable. You ought to be able to get some good advice from some people and figure this out. Okay. So the reason I like this clip is, well, first of all, she, she starts to confuse the difference between kind of a hacker bot, which, come, which is coming in to try to attack data or trying to shut down a system, and a scalper bot, which is really just trying to impersonate a person and get the tickets. There is a subtle difference, but um, she's coming at it from the side of, you know, there, there are people that are out there that have critical infrastructure and they know how to stop bots. What's interesting here is, is that, again, because Ticketmaster's monopoly doesn't face a lot of competition, they probably don't feel the need to innovate other, other than some of, the, you know, some of these other companies that do have competition and that do have uh, to keep critical infrastructure up and alive. She, she's going to kind of make some mistakes here, or not some mistakes, but she's going to sort of confuse the issue between a, a hacker bot and a scalper bot, but the underlying impact is still there. Uh, so then she really goes after him here, uh, asking how many times she's actually, they've actually called the FTC. We, we need to have an answer to this. Yes, the FTC has the authority. Yes, the legislation was signed into law. I agree that they are not exercising it. But how many times have you called the FTC and said, we need your help? Um, yes, Senator, we will submit in writing the answers to your questions that you requested. How many times have you called the FTC and say it, 
Help me with this. We worked with the FTC on an investigation, I believe it was late 19, 2019 or 2020. We obviously post during COVID So you COVID called them once? You called them once and that said, help me out? That was the time that we were able to have the information, work with them to get prosecution. Why is it that you cannot identify a bot attack? You told me yesterday you have a hard time distinguishing between a bot attack and a consumer. But the local power company down here that is not the billion-dollar company you are, they can tell when they've got a bad actor in their system. They figured out how to define a bot in their system, but you can't? Do yes, we need to make certain you have better people around your IT team? Yes, Senator, it is absolutely an ever-going arms race in terms of fighting the bots. These are bots that are not trying to generally break into our system. They're bots that are trying to impersonate people to get tickets on an automated basis uh, faster and putting true fans at a disadvantage. It is American consumers, true fans, yes, American consumers. So he, he falls back on this whole everlasting or ever-increasing uh, arms race that's going on. Uh, but what I liked about Marsha Blackburn here is that she, she goes, you just need to get a better IT team or you need some better advice. And she does confuse the issue a little bit and, and he explains the, the difference between the bots, but um, it's still a weak response in terms of, well, it's just that it, we're always facing bots and they're always getting better and they're always getting smarter. But again, it goes back to that whole, you know, you don't have to innovate as much. So, you know, it's just, you can just blame the bots whenever you want. Uh, all right, so... Uh, next up, we have Richard Blumenthal, and I'm including this. This is my, I, I promise, this is the only time that you're going to hear this really weird, horrible Taylor Swift lyrics. But um, he, does interest, he does raise some interesting points during his questioning. Unfortunately, your approach today in this hearing is going to solidify that cooperation because as I hear and read what you have to say, it's basically, it's not us. It's everyone but us. And the fact of the matter is that Live Nation, Ticketmaster, is the 800-pound gorilla here. You have clear dominance, monopolistic control. This whole concert ticket system is a mess. It's a monopolistic mess. And the numbers refute many of your arguments. That's the reason we've had two, count them, two consent decrees and why the Justice Department is now investigating violations of that second consent decree. Uh, Ticketmaster had the temerity to imply that the debacle involved in pre-ticket sales was Taylor Swift's fault because she was failing to do too many concerts. And may I suggest respectfully that Ticketmaster ought to look in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. It's me. All right, we're gonna jump ahead to Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. Um, uh, he actually talks about li limiting uh, transferability and why, it's, uh, why is it good for a ticket buyer to not be able to resell their tickets? Why is it good for consumers to limit transferability? Why, I heard your exchange with Senator Kennedy. I don't understand why it's a good thing for the ticket buyer to not be able to resell her tickets or his yeah, tickets. Yeah, Senator, I, I think that tickets in concerts in particular are a unique animal in that those tickets are often underpriced by the artist because they want to deliver value to the fans. And that creates the opportunity, a $5 billion a year opportunity in the United States 
for the industrial scalping of tickets using bots to unfairly gain possession of those tickets, illegally gain possession of those tickets, and resell them on the secondary. So the transferability comes into play as part of the discussion, or this comes into the discussion on transferability, given that Ill illegal activity that is enabled by ease of transfer. But it okay, so he, he does make a good point here that uh, the secondary market is where that that's whole the where the whole supply and demand thing take place. And to be honest, in the old days, if you couldn't get a ticket to a concert, you would look for the guy outside the arena, and he'd be like, "Hey, I got tickets. I got tickets." And then whatever, and then you sort of negotiate the price. This has all been digitized now. the The issue is, is if the scalpers get all the tickets from the start, and you don't have any legitimate fans that can get tickets, um, that just drives the prices insane. And and that's what we're seeing now. Uh, you know, some of the tickets that are still going on the secondary market for the Taylor Swift concerts are outrageous in terms of the amount of prices that are going for this. Um, so if you try to limit the transferability, um, you then hurt the consumer who buys a ticket and then maybe gets sick the week of the show. You want to give that consumer the ability to sort of resell. Um, but some of the, the, you know, whether or not you can sell it at base price or not, or try to make some money on it, um, that's the whole issue that we're talking about here. Okay. So next up, we have uh, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas. Uh, he talks a lot about being a fan in the sports, and we're going to skip a lot of that part. But interestingly, he does ask each of the panelist members if they think Ticketmaster is a monopoly. And you can see sort of how stacked the panel is against Ticketmaster at this point. I also start from a principle that monopolies are bad, that monopolies historically have hurt consumers, driven up costs, reduced options, and made the consumer experience markedly worse. I also would make an observation that in the big tech sphere in particular, we've seen monopolies being willing to be particularly abusive. I want to start with a question uh, for the witnesses. And, and Mr. Gretzinger, I'm going to start with you and just ask, in your judgment, is Ticketmaster a monopoly? Unequivocally. Mr. Mickelson? Yes, sir, without a doubt. Mr. Nuzzo? Yes, absolutely. Ms. Bradish? It's certainly acting like a monopoly. <laughs> Mr. Lawrence? I'm not sure. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry, but like, of course, when you ask the company that is acting like a monopoly the, the, to see if they're a monopoly, and they go, no, we're not a monopoly. That's like when I was playing Monopoly, and I had all of the hotels, and I had all of them, the, the money, and someone goes, well, you're just, you won't, you're going to win because you own everything. No, I might land on Park Place, and you have that one little hotel over there. So, you know, I had to chuckle at, at that one. Uh, okay, so now we're going to jump ahead to uh, another question regarding whether or not this hurts consumers. And uh, the, the, the CEO of SeatGeek uh, really kind of gets to the heart of the matter here in terms of this whole innovation idea. Let me ask you, Ticketmaster's dominant position in the marketplace, how does it hurt consumers? Mr. Gretzinger? Most fundamentally by eliminating competition. There's not a vibrant group of dozens of companies out there competing to build the best consumer experience. And what does that mean if you want to go, go see a game? What does that mean for a consumer? How is life worse because there's not a more effective competition in the marketplace? It means you're beholden to whatever Ticketmaster Live Nation gives you. And 
they have an incentive to not innovate and to maintain the status quo because the status quo benefits them versus having a vibrant group of competition that's working to do what's best for consumers, artists, venues, all of the stakeholders in this industry. Mr. All right, so he sort of gets to the heart of the matter of the things that I've been saying as well, is that if you are a monopoly, you don't necessarily have to innovate as much because you don't have competitors. And, and it feels like Ticketmaster didn't innovate on trying to stop bots because they knew it didn't really matter to them. And it almost may have even benefited them by delaying the, you know, the, the length of time it takes to get a ticket, increasing the prices. Uh, you just sort of look the other way. I think that's the heart of the matter here. They're monopoly. They didn't innovate, and they got called on it, and and that's where we're at at this point. Uh, Senator Blackburn, in this next clip, this is the final clip here, um, does talk a little bit about um, uh, them not being able to un uh, estimate how popular Taylor Swift was, and I think this is a, the other key point that you have to remember about this whole fiasco. Now, I want to pick up on the issue of spec tickets, and Mr. Berktoll, you and I discussed this a little bit yesterday and you mentioned the Madonna tour that already there are tickets available on the secondary market. This is pre-sale, um, pre the window opening. You have Zach Bryan who is not working with you but on his tour but you said the secondary market has those tickets. Well, as I thought about this last night and thought about our discussion and worked on my questions, I thought, why is it that these secondary markets are so brazen that they would go ahead and put these tickets up for sale? Doesn't make sense, does it? But you know what does? What it does is raise the question, is it that the bots have become so aggressive and so certain that you're not going to do anything to them, that you're not going to shut them down, that they just move forward and advertise things they have not yet purchased because they have figured out you will not call the FTC. You will not report them. You have not built the kind of cyber safeguards that are necessary to protect the consumer, and you are building a treasure trove of information on these consumers. I bet you even have a marketing arm that takes off that data. You know somebody is partial to some certain type tours, and then you're marketing back to them, sending them notifications. But let's talk about this. Why is it that you believe these sites have moved forward with advertising tickets that they have not yet purchased. Why are they so confident? Senator, I, I agree with your assessment that those markets that put up Okay, you agree with my yes. assessment, yes. sir. Yes. So what are you going to do about this? Are you going to strengthen your protections so that these bots cannot get in there? It's, that's sort of a very passive-aggressive way of saying it, but um, I love what Marsha Blackburn does there. She's like, oh, okay, so you, know, you basically underestimated how popular Taylor Swift was. Um, but again, I do think that they did underestimate the load because they didn't have to estimate the load. They didn't really have to do the innovations and, and load balancing and, and all this other stuff that, that they should have been doing. Uh, so... Where do we go from here? You know, I think that the, the Senate and the House might have some more uh, hearings on this, so we may hear more about this. I think most people agreed that 
in order for Ticketmaster, to, if, the, if you were going to break up the monopoly, it would have to be a court case by uh, the uh, Department of Justice. And so we don't know if that's going to go forward or not. Uh, but definitely it's, it's given, given a black eye to Ticketmaster. And uh, even after the Taylor Swift incident, there were other incidents of ticket sales. I think Bad Bunny, there was an incident down in Mexico where, again, it was just kind of a disaster of people trying to buy tickets. Um, but as the spotlight shines on Ticketmaster, maybe they will actually start to improve their systems and it'll be easier to buy tickets in the future. But I think in the short term, I think everyone's pretty much out of luck. But, it, that you know... I don't think just blaming the bots is the answer. I think you need to, to estimate your loads a lot better. You do need to innovate, and you do need to stop using your monopoly position. Uh, but I don't know if Ticketmaster is going to do that. that. That's left up to the government. So uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and add any comments that you have below. Uh, I'm Keith Shaw. Join us each week for new episodes of Today in Tech. Thanks for watching.